0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Hey,
1: because it's Friday afternoon and it's the place to be. So come on by and see us at Free Irish Pub right here on University as we broadcast every Friday during the football season. Matt Coulter, Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker, and Lars Anderson. Well, it's uh, as expected, kind of light. Drove straight through campus. Only uh, I missed one light coming down University. That was kind of nice. but It's nice. But most people are uh, headed home for Thanksgiving. When you were here, didn't you? Didn't we get off like Tuesday or Wednesday? We didn't get the whole week. They didn't. No. There was no fall break.
2: No, we didn't get the whole week. It was just the. Uh, um, you go on Wednesday. Leave yeah, on Wednesday. Leave on Wednesday. Yeah.
1: <laughs> these kids. These kids today. Technically speaking.
3: The campus is open for business on Monday and Tuesday. However, because uh, such a large percentage of the students are from out of state, a lot of them leave this Friday, left yesterday. So they don't care about Monday and Tuesday classes.
1: They're cutting your Well, uh, Those those of us
3: who teach on Tuesdays, myself included, you end up canceling class on Tuesday evening at uh, 6 because they're going to be
1: gone anyway so I understand, but, I but no,
3: it's a know,
1: it's a ghost though. town here. It's a ghost town. Yeah. But that it. means you can get quick service. I saw when we walked in there, they got the lucky lunch up. Right. And um, you can order straight off that, or they'll give you a little ticket, and you can just sign off, and you get your meeting free for nine ninety nine, and all is good. Of course, they got the bartenders, and the servers here are always extremely polite, and they'll be glad to see you, as will we. All right, 45 1⁄2. I want you to get your prediction right off the top, Larley. Mm-hmm. This Bama cover. 45 and a half?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, and even last week, I, I said uh, my score was 45-13. And everybody was That's like, you're good. out of your mind.
1: And it should have <laughs> been It should have been 14. That was a fumble to go on. Wasn't
2: yeah, it? yeah. But, uh, yes. I turns out you gonna... didn't
3: have your crimson colored glasses on last week. You were right on. Yep.
2: Close enough. And I did win the family bet, so I wouldn't what? mind we we all We're do one dollar. One dollar. One dollar per stakes. person per game and then we settle up at the end of the season.
1: How are you so doing? it could, could accumulate to hundred bucks or so, right? Maybe. I don't know how many are in your family. How many are in this
2: deal? Oh no. I mean it's just six of us. Just oh okay. uh, uh adults and then you know, so
3: are yeah. you in the lead?
2: No. We're all kinda right in there yeah. because when we choose scores most of us are all like right in there together yeah. and so if you miss it by a point or two or three but I was the high scorer so by a long shot.
3: So So I in no way think that Alabama is in jeopardy of getting beat tomorrow. Okay. So just I'll put that out there. But Laura Lee Since you have been going to games, what is the biggest upset on the wrong end of the side that you have been on? Good question. In Bryant-Denny Stadium.
2: In Bryant-Denny?
3: Yeah. The most disappointed, maybe.
2: Well... most surprised. One of them was LSU, but then we got them back and won the national championship. In
3: 2011, the 9-6 game,
2: yeah. Yes, but... Uh, you know, Texas this year is really hurting us.
1: Yeah, it is. So it continues to sting every every time we see one of the rankings come out. It's yeah,
2: like, I mean, I'd dang
1: Longhorns
2: today. If we played it today or even a week ago, that that's a different game. But we played them the second game in the season, so we're stuck with it.
3: Yeah. Um, Guys, I would like to give just sort of a, a thirty thousand foot perspective on where we are right now with the college football playoffs.
1: Explain it to me,
3: Lars. So there's five undefeated teams left right now: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, and Washington. Um, but uh, obviously, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines play each other next weekend, so there can only be a maximum of four unbeaten teams when the college football committee uh, playoff committee makes its selections, final selections on December 3rd. All right, so what's going on this weekend? Michigan and Ohio State are not in any danger, most likely, of losing tomorrow. Michigan has Maryland. Uh, Alabama fans, you want Tua's little brother to go big. I don't think it's going to happen. Ohio State is playing Minnesota. Minnesota is a pretty strong team, but I don't think they are going to present much of a problem for the Buckeyes, so I fully anticipate, and uh, I think mo- and most people do, this isn't uh, rocket science here, Son of a rocket scientist, Matt Coulter, um, that uh, Michigan Ohio State will be undefeated going into next week's showdown in Ann Arbor. All right, Georgia, the number one team in the college football rankings right now, they are playing number 18, Tennessee. Georgia is a 10-point favorite on the road in Knoxville. I think we all agree that Georgia most likely should win that. Florida State, they are playing uh, North Alabama. North Alabama is currently 3-7 and seven playing against an FCS schedule. They are not going to put up any fight at all against the Seminoles. The key team to watch this weekend is Washington, right? They face a very... Difficult challenge on the road against number 11, Oregon State. And we talked about this yesterday, Matt, that the Beavers are the betting favorite in this one, uh, anywhere from one to a two and a half point favorite. And, uh, Oregon State, um, they have, uh, they, they've beaten Utah. UCLA and Colorado this year. It's uh, their only two losses uh, to Washington State and Arizona, but have become, been by a combined six points. They have one of the best offenses in the country, led by the uh, quarterback transfer from uh, Clemson, DJ. They him like. DJ
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't.
3: I, I, I'm horrible at
2: enunciating. An and they
3: have a good defense. So. For Alabama, you definitely want Oregon State to upset uh, upset the Huskies. And then, you know, you'd hope that the uh, Pac 12 just kind of, uh, you know, eats itself and it would open up a slot for Alabama if Alabama runs the table and ends up beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. So. Really, the game to watch um, is, uh, is 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 uh, tomorrow night, 6:30 Eastern, ABC, Washington, Oregon State. Two,
2: two, games to watch.
3: Well, also yes, Texas and Iowa State.
2: And I think that that could be a tough Texas game for is, Texas. is
3: yeah, I, I agree. Um, yes, so Texas is going into Ames, Iowa, uh, Iowa State. They are really tough to beat at home. I've spent many uh, afternoons and evenings in in that stadium in Ames, especially in November. When it gets cold, it gets windy, and you have a Texas team that doesn't necessarily like playing in that weather. What's the kickoff time at Iowa State?
2: I
1: believe it's, yes, 6-3 or 7. That's going to cause Texas some problems because I looked at the weather this morning, and their lows are like 25. Their highs are like 55. So at night there, it's going to be like, what, 40 when they kick it off? And that's tough if you're guys from Austin, Texas. I don't care who you are; uh, it's going to affect your style of play. But I'm not on y'all's bandwagon there. I think Texas goes in there and takes care of business and covers.
2: They might, I don't but want I'm it. just saying that there are two games to watch, and I, I think the way Washington has been playing, I, I think it's highly likely they get beat. Uh, yes. That would be a beautiful thing for us, Bama fans. Um, but the Texas game, the
3: Texas thing, yeah. You know what? That 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 is just we sort of been it. it's been hanging. It. It's been hanging over Alabama, yes. and uh, it certainly hasn't been hanging over the players because they are completely dialed in. And right now, I don't think any team in the country wants to play Alabama. But there is that head-to-head. Against Texas and what Alabama, the worst case scenario, Matt, is winning that final slot in the playoffs. If it comes down to Texas v Alabama, even if Alabama gets all the style points and passes the eye test, they beat Georgia. There still is this little fat. That
1: Texas came into Bryant Denny and beat Alabama by 10 points. Didn't or wasn't there kind of an unwritten rule that you gave points to teams that improved along the season? Alabama has not been gifted that. Now, maybe that's because they've changed the rules and that black. Smoke filled room or whatever it is, but it doesn't seem like Alabama's getting any points for beating Tennessee, LSU, and then going on the road and waxing Kentucky. And maybe that's the way it is now, but when we get back, I've got a million dollar question for both of y'all, and I've been thinking about it this morning, and I don't know if I've flipped on this thing about Georgia. We are live. What are you going to order today? Did we get, we didn't get pickles yet, did we? Marlene? No, we hadn't ordered right. them. Yeah. We got to get pickles, and then, um, I it's forgot. Last time. last week I went with the the Kineca Kineca sausage Kineca, and all you, that was just. It, you, it's Kanaka for yeah, me today. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll go. I'll go with that. Um, it's a meet and three. It's a lucky lunch, and it's available at Innisfree, the Irish Pub, twenty five years best bar in Tuscaloosa. So we'll be right back here. Hope to see you too.
0: Are you ready? Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon, the high today 69. Cloudy tonight, the chance of a few passing rain showers below 54. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340
4: Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: It's the Friday place to be. We are at Innis Free. Please join us. Uh, we were just discussing what we might order for lunch, and uh, we'll put that... Uh off the menu order in in here in just a second but it's Laura Lee Thompson the Bama broker and while we've got a minute coming out of here Laura Lee uh let's just go ahead and talk about what's going on in your world as far as uh real estate and uh is it soft is it you know last week you were as optimistic as I think I've heard you most of the season things good
2: yes yes uh the the holidays have a tendency to be a little bit slower but we have buyers out there and i've always been very consistent in uh sales this time of the year and uh what's great about it is that you have less buyers out there during the holidays and really up to in Tuscaloosa the gate starting start opening after the national championship you know it always happens it's kind of slow but you'll you'll see listings and you'll see people buying and and whatnot but then come mid-january and you start seeing more now having said that uh not competing with a bunch of buyers right now sellers are negotiating more you're seeing um not necessarily negotiating as much on the sales price on the listing prices but on uh the terms of the contract so and what i mean by that is closing costs or a home warranty or a termite bond or, you know, things of that nature, because I always tell people there's a whole lot more to negotiate than just the sales price. Closing dates, um, you know, allowing people to stay in the homes to find a home, or you might want a 45-day closing instead of a 30-day, those things that uh, are, can be important and uh, interest rates, what, what the data came out uh, with the CPI and the PPI, CPI was showing that inflation was holding steady and had gone down a little bit. That does not mean prices go down. Now I'm talking stock right. market and economy. That doesn't mean that you're going to see your prices go down in the grocery store or retail or anywhere else like that. It means they're not rising as fast. So uh, all that data and the PPI came out right after that and uh, underscored, yes, we're going in the right direction. So what does that mean for the housing market? Well, that means that the Fed was going to hold the rates steady. Uh, We expect them. We may not see any more rate hikes. That's what this information and data says. And now the mortgage brokers are coming out saying we may see rate cuts as early as May. So that's all, you know, that's just a projection.
3: Is that why the market is? Just been on a skyrocket here for the last couple of days. Last
2: three weeks. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see today where the stock market ends, but that would be you know three week rise, which I'm as you know that was my first love and my first job, you know my first career, and I'm I'm expecting stock market wise for it to continue to go up through the end of the year. That's what we're looking at.
3: So, all across the country, high school seniors are making their decisions right now of where to go to college. And let's say um there's a, uh, a a young man in Texas and he has decided he is going to come to the University of Alabama. And his parents are like, "Well, maybe we should buy." Yes. Rather than uh, move our son into a dorm here in Tuscaloosa, are you seeing that happen as a as a pattern that that, that people from out of state are buying in state, buying? in
2: out of state, and now freshmen, unless you get an, an exception, they have to live on campus the first year. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, so if they want to buy a condo or a house and they're from out of state, that doesn't mean they don't buy it now. It's because parents can use it for game day yeah. or, you know, whatnot.
3: I just, I keep hearing that
1: over and over it's, from my it's students. Less uh, my neighbor did it. They're, they're from California.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, it's the rent. Have those proven here. to be
1: good investments?
2: Yes, because the rent here is so high. Yeah. And when you're talking about um, having an asset and paying you know, less money for that asset and then being able to turn around and sell it. And a lot of these kids may stay here five years, six years, seven years, you know, and continue their education. Only your
1: parents wish against that. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, a lot of them, you know, they succeed, but there's good children. It's a graduate that? degree yes, program. They, they have multiple kids,
2: yeah. and these houses are, our housing prices are not going down. They're holding steady. So five years from now, that asset will have grown and you have equity in that. Now, are we going to see what we have seen the last three years where houses jump up 20 percent a year, 10 percent, 15? No, you're going to go back to an average um, over the years. It's typically three to five percent closer to three percent a year. Um, it, it just depends on the area that you live in and uh, what type of housing, whether it's a condo or a single-family home, uh, that sort of thing.
3: Just in the last five years, guys, uh, you know, I always park uh, w- when I'm uh, going to to work here to teach uh, in Reese Pfeiffer, which is the building right next to Brian Denny Stadium, and so I'm parking just somewhere always around Brian Denny. And the amount of uh, growth and building in uh, upper end, like condos, in the last five years
1: has just been amazing to me.
2: Amazing.
1: Amazing. And those are yeah. not losing their value, by the way.
2: No, they're <laughs> not. And those, a lot of those condos are game day condos, yeah. not necessarily students. I mean, you Sorry, know, and it, it maybe if you're from Texas and have that oil money, you're going to come in and buy buy a place at park place for three quarters of a million but most of what we call the student condos are you know that you can get depending on the size uh in the high 100s to the 300s kind of depending on which ones you want to go in
3: of the condos you see around brian denny what is the occupancy rate say in august the ones that are already purchased are, are people not living there because, well, it because it's are like it's just a Westgate, game day experience.
2: The one that is at Westgate, which uh, is right next to Brent Denny, that's a little bit different. Um, those and it's the only one in, in town, and you call them a condo tell And what a condo tell is a cross between a condominium complex and a hotel. Because they have rental units in Westgate that you can come in and rent for the weekend. And if you're an owner, you can game day rent because it's like a hotel. Now, that also requires separate types of financing, not
1: your typical. Well, I, I was not aware that yes. that was a thing.
2: It, well, it's, it is down at the beach. So, if you go down to Gulf Shores so and the you thing? see, like, Phoenix, the yeah. you know, those are condo hotels, okay?
1: And, okay, I got it. That, that explained yeah. it perfectly. Yeah, and Westgate's really. like the in, only one in town. In, in, in New York
3: City, where you and I have lived before, there are no. some places that you can't sublet your apartment, right, well, that you own. Well, those
2: are co-ops, and co-ops... Right. Well, I'm just Westgate's wondering, like, can you do that here? Years. Can
1: you
3: basically sublet?
2: Yes.
1: Okay. Wow well, yes. I just learned a whole lot. You're yeah, me very too. smart lady. <laughs> you're very smart. Um but I didn't know that they still had that rule that your first year, your freshman year, you needed to stay on campus. Now how much is that enforced?
2: It's enforced. Really? So you're you in can a dorm get or exceptions. Or a sorority house? Uh, not in the sorority house. You can't live as a freshman in a sorority house. You have so to live in the to dorms. Be dorm. You have to be in the dorms. There are exceptions. Now, I don't work for the university, but there are
1: okay. exceptions. Well, I imagine there are, um, particularly um, uh, when there are financial concerns and so
2: Well, forth, and so. if you live, like if you're from Tuscaloosa, you don't have to live in the dorm because you may well, live uh,
1: at home. Yeah. I, that's
2: you can do that. You know, I think there's a radius, maybe a 50-mile radius or whatnot that you don't, that you're not required. But... Uh, most students are not within that 50 mile radius
1: all right i was going to pose this question but i'd much rather talk about what we just discussed but is it in alabama's best interest if tennessee beats georgia tomorrow no no say i disagree we're going to talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. We're coming to you live from Free. It's the Friday afternoon place to be. Come by, have lunch and a cold beer as we broadcast live until 2. Of course, you're welcome all weekend at Innisfree.
3: 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number two three zero three seven six.
4: Big noon sports coming up. Hey, we're live at is Free.
1: Matt Coulter, Laura Lee, and Lars Anderson now being joined by the one and only Mick Gillespie, who uh, broadcasts from here, has many shows, and uh, has some YouTube channels as well. Mick, the gang is all here. We miss you. Come see us. Are you up in this area?
5: Uh, I'm heading that direction. So, um, yeah, maybe I'd I'll, I'll, I'll love to swing by there if I can get there in time.
1: Well, and, and you know the lay of the land here. free. is just about as good as it gets. It's a great place to eat, and it's a great bar. So come on by. Lars is buying. Right? <laughs> uh, as always, wait, the, the fried pickle order is in. The fried pickle order is
3: in. Hey, Mick, um, just give us your review of last week's performance at Alabama-Kentucky.
5: Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised. You know, and I said it all week. Um... That I thought Alabama was going to go in there and, and take care of business. I didn't think that they were going to overlook Kentucky. I thought that it would be a blowout. And I also said that I thought Vegas was wrong on Alabama. They were wrong when Alabama was struggling on the road, and they had them, you know, kind of over overranked. I mean, you know, or you know, overpointed or whatever you call that, you know. And and uh, they were under. I thought 11 for that game was extremely low. and I probably would have had it in the 20s. So. Um they did exactly what I thought. I mean, they made some mistakes and give Kentucky credit for taking advantage of it. But I thought Alabama could have got out of there shutting out Kentucky, you know, had they not buffed the fumble or uh, the, um, the, the the punt, you know, had they not turned the football over and um you know, had they not given up that one big play. And and I mean look, that's kind of part of the game, you know. But besides that, Jalen Milro is coming into his own And um this seems dangerous.
2: Yes, it is dangerous. And here's the interesting point about playing a game like this. And Lars and Matt and I were talking about it earlier where you have two critical games for that uh with the Oregon State and Washington and then Texas and Iowa State. Um if we were playing a better opponent, an SEC opponent, this week. With that, don't you think that would help us instead of playing a team like UTC? Yeah,
5: absolutely. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that, I, and I'll tell you why. Like, first off, as a fan, I would probably much rather see a better team. But as a as a football team going into this Iron Bowl, you know, I, I love the idea of of resting. Uh, as, as, as many guys as you can possibly, this is a great game for that getting experience with um, you know, some guys that don't get a whole lot of time in the game, I'm expecting Alabama to destroy uh, Chattanooga, although they're a good Jazz team, um, they're not going to compete with Alabama, but I mean as a fan, I would like to see that and for Alabama, they got to beat Auburn which is going to be a really tough game and then they got to go take care of Georgia which is going to be the toughest game so, um now, now, on the other end of this, and, I, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, um, I did a, a, the uh, show yesterday, uh, Elephant in the Room, on YouTube with Jake Coker. We do it twice a week, and we were talking about these kind of games. And he said, you know, one of the things you got to worry about is guys not being where they're supposed to be. And I said, well, what does that mean? I mean, I, I've heard people say that before, but I don't even understand what that means. And he's like, well, he's like, when you're – Offensive lineman pushing a guy like five yards downfield just because you're just that much better, you know. And uh, you know, or you could get hurt like that. You know, you kind of get hurt in those spots where it's just you're you're so dominating that you're somewhere that you normally wouldn't be. And so I guess that's the biggest fear that I would have is just you just don't want anyone to get hurt. And I and I, and I said I remember that time that Alabama played Mercer. And I feel like that happened. I want to say, like, Will Anderson Jr. might have gotten, like, kind of like a crackback block that no one does in the SEC. And he got hurt. And it was like, why are we playing Mercer? You know, so I guess that's kind of the, you know, the downsides of these games is that, you know, you got, you know, Johnny Hero that's playing in the biggest game they're ever going to play in. And basically it's just a, a scrimmage payoff for that school. And, and if somebody does something like that and you, you lose your best player, then, uh, you know, it could derail the entire season. So I, I hope that that doesn't happen. Let
1: me give you a scenario. If Alabama is up 40 nothing at the half, will uh, Milrow get his first series coming out of the locker room?
5: Well, I mean, I would guess, so. that's kind of been saving Dway. Um But, I mean... I think Milrose, Coach Mick would probably say, "Hey, Milrose played enough football this year. He's got a lot more to go." Let's go and see what Ty Simpson can do. You know, <laughs> we saw a little of it last week, but they like to have the guy to the. They want them to take that first drive in the second half. And there's a lot of reasons why. Part of it's adjustment. You know, part of it's just kind of the, uh, uh, just your your body kind of being ready for that. Uh, but I and I'm sure that's what's going to happen. But you know, to me, watching the the one play last last week where Milro took the helmet to the you know to the leg, um, I, I I just hope that I want the Milrow we saw against um, LSU, that fast Milrow. And even after that hit, you could tell he, he was still fast, but he wasn't running as much and he wasn't as fast.
3: Make if Alabama wins out, and that is a mighty big if. Do. They need help. Does Alabama need help to make it into the college football playoffs?
5: I've talked about this a lot on my channel and the different shows, and there's people that tell me that the SEC champ's not going to get left out, and I'm just not so fast to believe that. I think that there is a chance that Alabama could get left out. I think that it could happen if if, if Texas – is, is the team that wins from the Big 12 and they beat Alabama, uh, it's going to be a tough argument despite their weak strength of schedule that, that Alabama would get in over them. I mean, they won the head-to-head game and they did it in Tuscaloosa. So I, I would love to see some chaos before we get there uh, to, to make sure that Alabama gets in. I, I think there's... I, and it's going to be really close, guys. I, I don't know. I think Alabama probably gets in over Texas, but there's no guarantee... And um, I could make an argument both ways. You know, when you do lose the head-to-head battle, I mean, to me, that's really important.
2: So what do you think as far as we were talking about the strength of schedule? And I saw some of it come out, uh, and they have Georgia at 21st, Ohio State at 6th, Michigan at 10th. Florida State at 13th, which I thought I was surprised Not by sure that. I'm, at the
1: same one, I'm
2: like but... the uh, Washington at 20th, Oregon 12th, Texas 5th, Alabama 2nd. What do you think about those numbers?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, I've seen different ones, but I mean, to me, Texas beat Alabama, but the, the third league isn't as good as the SEC. And the SEC's gotten a lot better as the season's gone on, too. I mean, when you lose your roster and your your superstar players to the NFL, it's going to take time to develop. But what I will say is that if Texas and Alabama played again, which I would love to see, uh, I think Texas would be in a lot of trouble because this is a much different Alabama team. Where they're holding on to win games every week, Alabama's defense has gotten better and better. The adjustments that this team makes on offense and defense at the half is as good as any Alabama team I can remember in a long time, especially on defense. I mean, it's been great, fresh, fresh air, big breath of fresh air with Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator. And so I, I think that they have to look at that. But, and, and, the, and the fact that Alabama will have beaten number one, uh, Georgia. And you know, and who knows who Texas is going to play? You know, could be Kansas State, could be Oklahoma State, could be Oklahoma. Uh, you know, to get there, that's to say if they if they don't lose before that. So, uh, you know, there's so many factors in there.
1: All right, I'm throwing something out here for all for the table, okay, for everybody here, and get free Irish Pub. I'm starting to wonder if it isn't better if maybe Tennessee does beat Georgia. Why not get the dogs out of the way and then go beat them? In my opinion right now, we need everybody in front of Alabama to lose. Am I that far off base, Mick?
5: I mean, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, I I think you you got to have that. The the, the thing that could push Alabama over the hump would be ending Georgia's winning streak back-to-back national champions the longest you know one of the longest winning streaks in SEC history um and you're looking at you know Texas isn't going to have a win like that except their win over Alabama and the fact that Alabama's gotten better each week so I I I think that it would be it, it would definitely soften that game against Georgia and then the other thing too is is that Georgia's got a pretty heavy crown on their head right now. You lose that game to Tennessee and all of a sudden you get everybody refocused again and it may be a different situation than it is right now. Um, You know, we've seen Alabama with these long winning streaks, you know, and it just gets to the point where, you know what, you're going to lose a game and things aren't going to go your way. But if that happens in Knoxville, you know, who's to say that's not going to happen in Atlanta?
3: Hey, Mick, I'm keeping a close eye on Texas versus Iowa State this weekend. The Cyclones at home, man, they are tough. And also given the fact that Iowa State has beaten Texas three of the last four years and Texas is a seven and a half point favorite. Something doesn't really add up here. And I know uh, the weather, unfortunately, for uh, Alabama fans and Iowa State fans, it's going to be mild and and somewhat sunny for late November. But uh, this has the makings of an Iowa State upset to me, Nick.
5: I hope you're right. I mean, that's what everyone's saying. Uh, But it's going to be 40 with no wind. And... um... I don't know. I mean, Texas is a, a really good football team. Iowa State's gotten better as the season's gone on, but until I see them them lose and, the, and the, they lost to Oklahoma, so that was a really good football game. Uh, I, I guess I'll see it to believe it. I guess it, to me, Lars, the game that I would keep an eye on is that is the Oregon State Washington game.
4: Yeah,
5: um, they have a chance. I, if I'm Oregon State, I'm I'm still pretty bitter about how my conference. Has uh, folded, you know, and how we were kind of left finding that process, and you got a chance to basically, you know, one more time pay back those teams. So um, and, and back they're good, to back weeks, you know, they're right? I mean, yeah, they football. Yeah, Oregon and face-
3: could, yeah, Oregon State could just upset the whole thing, and they could, <laughs> they could leave the Pac-12 burning. I love
1: that storyline, man leave the pack 12 burning aren't they already in flames now (laughs) it's based on what's happening to them hey mick hang on a minute will you okay we just ordered some fried pickles in your honor all right we'll be back with more of big noon sports and we're live from ns free come see us
3: Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and Build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at lee at thebamabroker.com. That's lee at thebamabroker.com.
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon, the high today 69. Cloudy tonight, the chance of a few passing rain showers below 54. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Live.
1: As we are Fridays throughout the season at Free, the Irish Pub. It is the place to be, especially on Friday. We're here until 2. But you can come by all weekend long, as many of you already do. Uh, come by and enjoy a meet-and-three. Their lucky lunch is fabulous. And right now we've got uh, more fried pickles than I don't think we know what to do with. So um, on to that. Come by if you can, Mick. In the meantime, on your way up, let's talk about Michigan. Uh, you want to talk about Oh, what do you call it? Dumpster fires? You're, oh, man. Today it was announced that their linebacker coach, Chris Partridge, was fired. And the reason given was lack of a co- cooperation with NCAA. I, every time I read something, I just want to go, what? 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 What in the wide world of sports is going on here? Is he some kind of scapegoat? Is, is this related to the scandal? I, I, I'm really... And by the way, is it over, guys? The Big Ten said it's okay. Michigan no. said they're not going to follow
5: up with their suit.
3: Three NCAA. Suspension. NCAA. All right, Mick?
5: There's no um, real authority anymore. You know, I mean, it's like it, it is the wild one. I mean, but this, it, it has a lot more to do with just the entire infrastructure in college sport. Um, you know, this isn't the NCAA that we had where they're suspending guys for getting a, a bagel or a sandwich. You know, now you got pay, the players are paid um, and the coaches are going to do whatever they want. And there's really no authoritative body. I, I Honestly, I didn't even really pay too much attention to the whole thing because I knew that th- there was nothing that the NCAA was going to do about it. Like a three-game suspension for your head coach? I mean, come on, man. It's, the whole thing is Cheating is if cheating's tolerated in your sport, you got a big, big, big problem. And I feel like it was tolerated.
1: I E. C. see the Astros. Laura Lee, thank you. Ross Dellinger has just posted breaking news. NCAA presented Michigan evidence that points to a U.M. booster, Uncle T, as having partially funded the scouting scheme and an assistant coach now fired Chris Partridge as attempting to destroy computer evidence, according to sources. Uncle T, it's always an uncle, right?
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> it's always an uncle a crazy uncle uh who uh, takes down an entire program um <laughs> what what a what a just dumpster fire this whole thing is and uh you know Matt and I do a podcast together and I ended it on Thurs or on Tuesdays just saying they cheated they cheated they cheated it's obvious Michigan cheated and there is no freaking retribution for that so whatever
1: uh well michigan doesn't want to do obvious, for obvious reasons they don't want any penalty but the big 10 doesn't want to give it to them because they want a national championship yeah they want six million per school yep i mean so uh yeah it, it, it's
3: uh it's a complicated situation the, the 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 authoritative body here needs to be the ncaa but they do not act with expediency on anything and they have no authority on anything anymore so i, I it's i am with nick uh, or mick sorry that it, it's like almost much ado about nothing because so, even though there's a lot of there there can't do anything about it um outside of any team in the sec mick who would you least like to play right now
5: uh, I would probably, if I was Alabama, would at least like to play Oregon because, um I, you know we we we've, we've seen Bo Nix. Bo Nix knows the SEC. Uh, their head coach knows the SEC. He was defensive coordinator in Georgia, and um, I I think that after watching Jaden Daniels against Alabama, um, you know that as good as this defense is, that a, a great quarterback. Could do some damage. Uh, Does that mean I think Oregon would beat Alabama? No, but I think they would give Alabama a lot of trouble on offense, and um, they they could be a really really tough team to deal with. Uh, The other team would probably be Ohio State. Um, You know, they the way they played Georgia last year—that's the last real good game that Georgia's had besides the game against Auburn—and I feel like that was more of just like kind of a fluke situation. You know, you don't have flukes in the college football playoff. I would say Oregon won and then Ohio State, too.
6: I think Alabama plays Michigan, and I think they would hammer. I
2: really do. Marley. Well, it looks to me, you know, I would welcome the opportunity to play Oregon. I think that...
3: Boy, what a storyline that would be if Alabama played Oregon.
2: Yes, and the fact that that would mean that we would make it, probably make it to the top four because the way it looks with the committee right now, which I wouldn't trust them at all getting an SEC champ in there, a one loss. I just wouldn't trust it is that they're bound and determined to have a pack, a pack team in there as that, that, uh, they go up in flames. They want the last, Four teams, one of them to be out of that conference. What do you think, man?
5: That could be it. I mean, I, I'm—I I really do feel like the that the committee would love to keep Alabama out. I, I just do. Now there, there's there's going to be a ton of momentum if Alabama beats Georgia, um, and it it, it would be so crazy to think if Oregon beats Washington and. And then Texas and Alabama are all one loss champs of their league. How, how in the hell would they figure that out? I mean, I wouldn't want to be on that committee. And that's saying that Michigan or Ohio State's unbeaten, Florida State's unbeaten, you know, and then maybe you take two of the three. And I think Alabama gets in in that case. I think that what hurts, what would hurt Alabama is if Florida State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Washington are undefeated. And then you're picking between Alabama and Texas, but I think if you make it that three-way with the one-loss teams and conference champs, I think Alabama finds a way to get in. I think they would take one one of those. They would take the SEC, but I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't bet my house on it just because, like you said, I think the the committee would love to keep Alabama out, and I don't know if they could.
1: Is there any scenario uh, if uh, Alabama and Texas both went out where Alabama would leapfrog the uh, the Longhorn?
5: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I don't it is think so. because there's people, there's people telling me that they think that Alabama would, be, would based on the win over Georgia and the uh, conference strength. But the conference wasn't that good at the beginning of the year when they were playing all those non-conference games. It's gotten better as the season's gone on. So I, I don't, I don't, what I hate is, is the uncertainty. And so hopefully between now and the end of, uh, you know, the championship week, all
3: that uncertainty will be gone. Mick, you have a good sense of the pulse of Vegas. If Alabama and Texas played on a neutral field next week, what would the spread be?
5: Oh, uh, Alabama would be favored by seven and a half, eight points. Maybe yeah. more. Like they'd neutral? Take out Did you say Alabama? neutral?
3: Neutral, yeah. Yeah, right.
5: Alabama'd be favored. Oh, Alabama look, I mean if you Alabama's better every week. And I There's know a different they, team. They,
3: Completely yeah,
5: different Yeah, and I, they, they were so awful in that Kentucky game. And I, I, I probably said it. I, I can't remember if I said it on your show, but I said it a lot. that I felt like they were way off. But I used to say it, too, in 2001 that they were way off when Alabama was like a 21-point favorite. And they couldn't beat, you know, bad Florida teams hardly, you know. Uh, I was really concerned about the way that the team played on the road. They've gotten a lot of that figured out. You know, they're getting better and better. I think the Texas A&M game really helped this team with confidence. And um, But I also just feel like Jalen Milrow and how good he's gotten has made Alabama so dangerous.
1: Three guys walk into a bar. They all do an Irish car bomb.
5: Boom! We're off and yeah. Uh, that's
1: what that he
2: just said. Shaking you know, it off
1: over you know, there at you know, the bar. That's uh. It's 12:56, and that's car bomb time. Ah, to be 21 again. Uh, Lars, 21:52. It doesn't oh, matter to us, does insane. it? Let's go right now during the break. Laura Lee, Roll you tight. can drive us home. Okay. Yeah, anyway, Mick, I guess we got to get out of here, but uh, we'll see you here lately Just t- later today. Hey, you'll be here this weekend. Tell everybody where they can pick up on Mick Gillespie.
5: Yeah, check me out on my YouTube channel. It's uh, Bamba Tailgate on YouTube. We put content up every day. And then uh, I do the podcast with Jake Coker on Roll Tide Pod. Um, it's called uh, Elephant in the Room, and we put that out twice a week. And um, Roll Tide, everybody.
1: Let's see what happens tomorrow, although I think we're all pretty sure. In all of the scenarios we just discussed, I don't think that one's uh leaving anybody feeling antsy at all. Thank you, Mick. Talk to you next week. See you, guys. Thanks, brother. You're listening to Big Noon Sports coming to you on our Fridays from the place to be. That's NS Free. From our home.
3: Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing, based right here in Tuscaloosa. Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376.
0: Here's Brian
7: Fenley. Michigan football firing linebackers coach Chris Partridge. This comes on the heels of a Yahoo Sports report that indicated the NCAA showed the Wolverine football program a mound of new evidence surrounding its allegations of illicit scouting. And this would involve Partridge, who attempted, according to the NCAA, erase computer evidence of such malpractices, even including a Wolverine hotshot booster, Uncle T who allegedly helped bankroll the illicit activity. And such measures are why the Wolverines accepted their punishment and Jim Harbaugh, the team's head coach, agreed to the three-game suspension. According to Bleacher Report, Clippers' Russell Westbrook has told the coaching staff that he's willing to come off the bench if that means the team will start winning more games.
4: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Live
1: from Ennis Free, it's the Friday place to be. Laura Lee Thompson, Bama Broker, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter are with you for another hour. Please come down and join us. Have a burger. I love the James Joyce. Of course, they've got a wide selection of cold beers. And televisions are everywhere for the weekend, so you can watch all of the football games. It's a little different, though, if you're trying to watch Alabama. Because uh, they're on the SEC Plus or the sec network or espn plus so that's that's the only way you can uh, watch that but we don't have to worry about that we're going to the game so uh news coming up at 1 we'll be joined talk some recruiting and all with andrew bone one of the stories that struck me this morning is concerning charissa thompson she's a longtime nfl sideline reporter and on a podcast yesterday she admitted that she made things up concerning her sideline reports for instance if she didn't actually get a coach to interview or get a quote from the coach she would just go ahead and make her own quote she would say it would be very generic like if uh, you're 0 for 7 on third third downs then she would say well the coach needs to uh, improve on their third downs well That's true. The coach probably would have said that. But the fact that she didn't accurately get that information, Lars, throws up all kinds of red flags. And every sideline recorder, from the one down in Daphne, Alabama, to the ones in New York City, are crying. They're crying. They are throwing all kinds of stones at Clarissa Thompson. And I just, uh, this is a great topic for people that are in the business, Lars. It's if not she, a
3: great situation. If she was my colleague in uh, at Alabama in the Department of Journalism and Creative Media, I think the class that she would teach would be called fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. That is what she did, Matt, is so appalling and on, on multiple levels. And I cannot believe that. She was on the broadcast last night on Amazon. Cannot believe. I can't she, believe she said it. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, I they're, guess they're, I'm this, this for is her. multi. This is multi-layered here, right? Yeah, absolutely. I can't. Yes. Okay. That one. She confessed to uh, violating the cardinal sin of journalism, and that is tell the effing truth. Yep. <laughs> and then the fact that she felt such a sense of entitlement to boast about it. And she thought it was cool, it was funny. Mind-boggling. She is jeopardizing a $700,000 a year gig and she doesn't have to do very much other than, you know, (laughs) smile and look pretty and don't, don't lie. But she has admitted to lying. And so what does Amazon do when they are asked, why is she on air tonight? Oh, it took place 15 years ago. Give me a freaking break. Give me a break, Laura Lee. Like, I I can't believe that this woman is still allowed to have her job. I would have fired her in a New York minute.
2: So this is something she did 15 years ago?
1: Yeah. But she's boasting about it now. I don't know if she's necessarily boasting as much as she thinks it's... Well, she's proud of it. She's, she's proud, proud of it. Well, you're right. You're yeah,
2: right. I wouldn't be proud of something like that. It would be admitting a mistake, you know, early in a career, but boasting about it, then, yeah, I would she have... She tried
1: to clarify that's her a, comments on you know, Instagram. That's a, that's a good point, because had she presented it differently, I'm not sure she'd be under the heat that she is now. Good point.
3: Yes. I mean, look... Sideline reporters have a difficult job. I get that. And, Matt, you and I talked about this uh, before the show for about 30 minutes. But, look, if if Nick Saban isn't going to talk to you at halftime uh, or, you know, they're running late, everything is so uh, truncated and rushed at halftime for the coaches – they basically have about seven minutes or so in the locker room. Once you get everybody in there and you got to get everybody out, you only have about seven minutes. And oftentimes uh, you don't have that 30 seconds to give to the sideline reporter. Well, the sideline reporter should just say, you know what? As, as you mentioned, Matt, on the way down, what should the sideline reporter do?
1: What should they do in the case? In the case where you don't get the coach. Then you tell everybody what you know. Yeah. You know, you, you make your own observations, and you don't necessarily have to say these are mine, but you sure as hell don't say they're the coaches. First rule so, of writing that I tell my my kids: write what you know. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and which, so, by the way, and, is, and that
3: extends to broadcast. Say what
1: it. you know. We're peeling back layers of the onion. Here's another thing that bothers me because she admitted that this has happened multiple times. Well, you know what I say? Do your damn job. If she's saying she she's basic no, she's not basic. She's saying I didn't I didn't do my job, so I made stuff up. Ooh. And here's the other thing that just blasts me. This reflects so poorly, unfortunately, on all sideline reporters. Yes. And on broadcast journalists journalists in, in general. And and I am offended. And how she's still holding a microphone. One of one of my closest friends in the
3: world is Arnold and Armin worked at 60 Minutes. He's written multiple New York Times bestsellers uh, on, on Tiger, on uh, just the, the Gambler that is out now, still on the Times list. And he did sideline reporting for CBS for like 10 years. And he is apoplectic. He's so upset. He's so upset. This is my uh, prediction. She will not be employed this time next week.
1: 700 grand. Bye-bye. Anyway, yeah, all, all because we all kind of jumped into our journalism. Yeah, sorry, about, yeah, uh, no, I,
3: no, I, this this is
1: it. it, it, it upsets, you're working a deal over here. It, it,
3: it upsets no, me. No,
2: <laughs> now, I mean, I, I agree. I, I mean, once again, as I was saying, if it was a mistake and something that happened, uh, you know, a few times, and and you do what you're supposed to do, um, but I don't get boasting about it. I have a problem with that I, and as a woman it's so hard tra- for women to get into the sport, to be on the sideline to be on ESPN to call the Think about
3: Tracy Wolfson and all of the, the the really good sideline reporters, how much does this set them back? Right. And and they, and, and to, it's hard. Uh, it's universal. They are all just so angry at her
2: well, I can imagine because it's only been recently that you have even seen women in, uh, football and on the sidelines. Well, they typically come
1: in as sideline reporters. I think so, that's, uh,
2: but you know, growing up, we didn't have no. women when I was growing up.
1: Remember when Jane session? Kennedy came on? Whoa. Yeah. Man, there were they were older men like my father's era throwing stuff at the TV. Women can't do sports.
6: Oh, well, Man,
1: I'm sure here
6: they
2: wrong. Now,
1: My father
6: uh, never did that.
2: Some of the men, because I watch a lot of sports, don't like to hear the woman's voice or say disparaging remarks uh, or don't agree with what she has to say. and I, that, The only time I don't hear that Is in college softball. Yeah. Women's college softball. And, you know, other than that, if it's basketball, football, even Sunday night football, uh, baseball. Yeah,
1: there's a woman on there now, and she's very good. Yeah, isn't
2: it Jessica Mendoza? Yeah, yeah, she's really good. And and Matt, our,
3: our, our former partner, Christian Miller, does such a good job, is the sideline reporter for Alabama, right? And, uh, You've been in that situation, right, in your career. How difficult is it in the moment to get just the, the coach who is uh, fired up with emotion
1: Try okay. it. It's real difficult if you're going to try and do something live and on camera because the coach wants to get back out on the field. Yeah. And the same is true leaving the field. They want to get to the locker room. They got stuff to fix. So it's, it's if you're going to do a live hit on TV, you've got, you've got to have a producer and somebody else. And you've got to have immediate contact and have discussed it before with their sports information director. That's the guy that's going to bring him and stand him in front of the camera. Now, if you're not ready to roll, the coach is going to go boat. And that means the producers upstairs, the trucks and the director and the TV, the operator, the camera operator are all going to have to be ready. If it doesn't happen, then what do you have to do? You improvise. You figure out another way to get that information and pass it along to the viewers and do the best that you possibly can. But you don't say, and Coach Saban said, when you don't know that to be true how hard is it to improvise on air live
3: when you are 25 years old
1: uh it's hard wow it's I, I, you're like it's I, see I see it's it. the I see most challenged, compelling and most gratifying thing you'll ever do when you nail it but when you don't it'll haunt you for the rest of your life uh, it, but that's that's the way it is with a lot of things Wow. Uh, you remember the mistakes, not the uh, triumphs. That is, that is, uh, well, there are a few of the triumphs you really do remember. When you take taking a shower that morning, and you go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. More big noon sports as Andrew Bone will be on the phone.
3: is known as the Bama broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at laura lee at thebamabroker.com. That's laura lee at The best
0: email. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon, the high today 69. Cloudy tonight, the chance of a few passing rain showers below 54. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3320 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Andrew Bone is going to join us in just a second, but I
1: think he will uh, he will allow me to take about a minute here. If you were noticing in that last break at our affiliates here in Tuscaloosa, tied 100.9 and WTBC, 1230 WTBC, you heard James Spann doing the weather. You all know that he had emergency surgery last Monday evening and had to spend a couple of days in the hospital. So I hear that knowing... He went to his own studio in his house, and go. And he's he's already doing the weather again. Now, it will be a while, I think, before he can do it on television, because oddly enough, I went to the UAB Alcorn State game last night, Alcorn State, and I ran into Ryan. So I, I, I got the inside scoop from Ryan Spann, his son, and he's also the producer of our podcast, the Matt and Lars podcast. And he said they that he saw him yesterday morning. He said you couldn't tell a difference between him and a week before. That doesn't surprise you with James Spann. And then he went on and reiterated what you were talking about. And you talked to Ryan earlier in the week, said that um, every time the nurses came in the room, he would say, you need to tend to somebody else. I'm fine. You need to do this. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. The man just had emergency abdominal surgery on a blockage. And he is already telling the nurses that he's going to be fine. But I think I speak for everybody that's listening to this show, and particularly us who have been friends with him for many, many years, speaking of TBC, going back to those days, that our thoughts and prayers with James Spann. But,
7: um, when did you first meet problem? James?
1: Uh, TBC, 79, something What was like your that? first impression of him? Wow, that guy's got a ponytail. Uh, James Spann had a ponytail. Now, somebody told me that he had one at one time and I don't I, I never saw that. I just remember that all of us at the radio stations after our gigs and everything, we go out. James just stood waiting on something <laughs> to happen in the weather. I mean he was his destiny was chosen before birth. But anyway, uh he's a wonderful person, wonderful Other man, and obviously extremely skilled at his craft. So again our thoughts and prayers go out. Now, that being said, let's bring on Andrew Baum. Andrew Bone, how are you doing today, my friend?
6: I'm good, guys. How y'all doing?
3: Fantastic. We are terrific. We're hanging out at Innisfree and uh, getting ready for the game tomorrow. Andrew, when you were scouting Jalen Milrow as a high school prospect, what was your analysis of him?
6: Well, you know, it, it came to Alabama's football camp as a junior. Um... Alabama had targeted uh, just as they'd only offered a couple players in that class, and so one of their big commitments that they received earlier in the summer was Drake May, who's now in North Carolina. Um, Jalen was one of those guys that loved Alabama, like, loved and then Alabama took the commitment from Drake May, and Texas was pushing hard for him and made that decision. So looking back at you know some of his high school. He didn't run the ball as, you know, probably as much as just now. Um, you know, he was, you could tell he was extremely athletic, had a really strong arm, uh, you know, had, you know, some good size. And, you are know, just kind of waiting to see, you know, is this going to be a guy that you know, goes into another program and contributes right away? Or, you know, once Alabama started making that push for him, you kind of expected. Once he got to Alabama, it was probably gonna take a little bit of time to kind of mold him, develop him a little bit. You know, if he could, uh, you know, he could start you know, using those legs a little, you know, to his advantage, he was gonna, you know, be pretty dangerous because he had elite speed. He just, you know, he was always kind of a throw first type guy. Uh, he wanted to be labeled as quarterback, not an athlete or a dual threat guy. Um, you know, certainly wanted to be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a pocket passer. And you know, he. Shown the ability now that he that he can do both, so um, you know, kudos to the Alabama coaching staff for you know being able to to develop him into the player that he is right now. You know, really from the start of the season a- until this point, not just during the off season, but uh you know, we've seen a lot change in his game over the course. Um, you know, really over the last eight weeks.
1: Andrew Bone is our guest here as we broadcast live for Big Noon Sports. Had a lot of coaching dismissals here. Most notably, Jumbo Fisher is gone at Texas A&M. What takes place immediately when a coach is fired like that? What What is what is it all hands on deck? How do they handle recruiting and, and, and the transfer portal and all that when your coach is gone at the end of the season, before the end of the season?
6: Well, I think before it even gets to recruiting, you know, you've got to sit down with the players Team, that you, you know, let them know exactly kind of what's going on. Um, you know, they're still wanted in the, you know, you're trying hard to uh, to keep them from entering the transfer world because, uh, you know, there's sharks in the water. You know, there's a lot of people that are you know looking for 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 talent. Uh, you know, to help them. There's a lot of talent on that Texas A&M football team. We you know we know that by the way that they've uh, recruited the last several years. And um, you know, there's going to be some guys that. Uh, the jump ship, but you know you you also you know, flip over to the recruiting side of things. And, you know, Texas A&M has a great class. You know, there's a lot of you know big names that are in that class that are starting to look around. Uh, I believe some have already DO'd. uh and there's some who are starting to you know take other schools a little bit more seriously. You, know, you look at somebody like uh, Cam Coleman, who's a five-star wide receiver out of Central Valley City City. Uh, be shocked if he's stuck with his commitment to Texas A and M. Auburn uh certainly pushing hard there, Texas uh part of state pushing hard. Um, you know, there's some other kids. I think especially for the out of state kids, it's gonna be it's always difficult to hang on to those guys uh when you have a head coaching change. But you also have to wait and see, you know, who else is not you know longer retained on the staff. Will they be able to keep you know some of you know their biggest recruiters uh, you know, on its coaching staff and be able to salvage the, the class or, you know, who do they end up going after, um, as far as the head coach and uh, what type of relationships does that coach have with, you know, recruits of not only that are currently committed to Tech m but outside of that and, and they want to bring with them, uh, to the college station. So there's kind of a lot that goes on, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there that are trying to, uh, trying to pick off their uh, their recruiting types right now. Well,
2: you would think that um, at a school like Texas A&M would have already put out some feelers to some of these coaches, agents uh, before they fired Jimbo. Um, having said that, and you can comment on that, but also you uh, You've got Sam Pittman sitting over here, and he's still not fired, but people think he may be fired. Why Why do you think Arkansas is not taking action?
6: That's a good question. Um, yeah, I kind of felt like, you know, after watching this season, that, that Sam Pittman, you know, he was probably on his way out, you know, and maybe they just want to give him another year. I mean, it's you know, tough as conference toughest division in uh, in college football is the SEC West. And uh we saw Mississippi State fire its head coach um you know just uh, just the other day and you know, obviously just one year in uh to the job one season and uh you know it didn't go as well as uh, you know well as they were hoping. I thought they would give him a little bit more time. Sam Pittman's in there um you know I guess three years now and um you know still kinda Still kind of the same, so I don't know if they're going to give him a little bit more time, but um, it, it seems like they are. But I do think Arkansas is going to have to have a big turnaround next season, or they're going to be looking for a new head coach. But obviously, you never know what might happen um, over the course of the next couple of weeks. I mean, we could easily see, you know, a coaching change there. We could see, uh, you know, see some movement. We could particularly see somebody, you know, go after Sam Pittman because he, you know, I. I think he's a good coach. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, Arkansas is a place that can attract elite talent year after year after year, like a lot of these other uh, powerhouse SEC schools are, are able to do um, on a consistent basis. But um, he's a great recruiter. Um, and, you know, obviously the first uh, year or so he had a, uh, you know, he had a pretty good run.
3: I can say this without qualification. I have never spent so much time talking about an 18-year-old left tackle as I have this year with Matt Coulter. <laughs> we are oddly, like, obsessed with Caden Proctor. And uh, I think it goes back to his recruitment in the fact that uh, he, uh, just to what I've read, he was, like, last-second flip. And he's an Iowa kid. And, uh, and, and in a lot of the games early on, you know, Matt and I would be talking, like, oh, who's the key player? Who's the key player for Alabama? And i will be, it's Caden Proctor, Caden Proctor. And his development in the last month has just been amazing, and it's just a great story. Andrew, can you just give us some back story, some background of how Caden Proctor came to Alabama, what you saw in him in high school, and what you see in him now?
6: Well, from a physical standpoint, he he was just so far advanced and, and really just about anybody else that we saw at the high school level in last year's recruiting class. Means you know six foot five, you know three hundred, you know fifty plus pound offensive lineman, um, you know who doesn't look really fat. You know you, usually a high school kid at, at that size is kind of, you know sometimes sort of a, a little bit of a slob, and you have to get them into your program and and trim the fat. Uh, you have to get them in shape, and um, yeah, you, you have to get them physically ready to play in the SEC or, or you know, really anywhere. Um, but Caden was a, you know, incredibly physical prospect coming out of high school. Big kid, uh, admitted to Iowa early during the summer, but it was between Alabama and Iowa. Alabama stuck with it, you know, throughout the process, kept recruiting them, kept telling them, hey, we got a spot for you. Uh, just wait. Um, you know, we want you to flip. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, or we're going to try to flip you. And uh, and obviously, um, Eric Hoyle for Nick Save and uh, Freddie Rose were able to do that at the end of the recruiting cycle.
1: Andrew Bone, where can people follow you?
6: Go to BamaOnline.com. That's where all of my content is is every single day you can sign up now for one dollar uh get you one month of subscription to bama one dollar
1: all right andrew thanks for your time as always just terrific information we'll see you down see along, down the road yeah. all right and thank you Bye. Hey, um, some stuff. <laughs> I'm a broadcaster and I didn't use the word stuff. There was activity in the National Football League last night, and Thursday night football, and uh, more than just the score of the Ravens, Ravens beating the Bengals 34 to 20. We'll be back with information on that as we broadcast live from Innisfree, the Friday place to be with Matt, Laura Lee, and Lars.
0: Built to win. Touchdown, Alabama! Built for championships. Close intercepted, Alabama! Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. The Crimson Tide plays here. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide take on the Chattanooga Mocs. Our coverage begins at 8 a.m. on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Race Course, BirminghamRaceCourse.com. You can be a winner too.
3: Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you.
4: NLMs number 230376. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big news Sports.
1: All right, let me see your little ticket there. I want to see what you ordered. All right, here's what Laura Lee ordered on the uh, meeting three, the lucky lunch here at
2: oh. Um, we're at three.
1: We? I go so many places now with this radio station. Sometimes it's just plus I'm old. You got the the Kaneka? Yes. Sausage with onions. I get that here when I mac cheese, fried okra. I have not had the fried okra yet. Good?
2: Yeah, well, I haven't met a fried okra I didn't like.
1: <laughs> lima beans. You are a fan. You are after my heart. I love lima and beans cornbread.
2: so much. And cornbread. 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, still I'm southern that to the bone.
1: Yes, you are. And you know what? We have... Uh, I think we've made a lot of ground on Lars Anderson. As
3: far
5: as... Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, he'll, you're turning me in. into a southerner, yeah. not yeah. a Nebraskan. Um, um, I, I got I to start this, this segment. All right? Um, we all know... And by the way, you... You can't listen to this show in the last day without knowing what a big Bengals fan that Lars is, and particularly Joe Burrow fan. But uh, this morning, when we got in the car to come over here, I thought somebody had died. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he said, Is it strange for a 52-year-old man to get so emotional about a loss? And, I mean, he was just short of having tears running down his eyes. I mean, he is... I saw, I knew you were a Bengals fan, but I didn't know that it carried a hangover to where you were. Well, it took, it took till Brook, Brookside. Brookwood. Brookwood, to get him in a better mood.
2: Well, I could understand. I mean, you know, since he's a big volleyball fan. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> You're volleyball Anderson here.
2: Volleyball now, but, Anderson. But
3: uh, I, I give Matt credit because his accounting of what transpired is 100% accurate. But then I, I, I always try to look at things like from, if everybody's looking directionally, like straight ahead, I want to look at it from the side. And so why? Why do we care so much? And that's what I asked Matt. Why? Is it Does it make my life any better or worse today because Cincinnati lost last night and Joe, Joe Burrow may be gone for the season? Got a little bit of a man crush on Joe Burrow. You know that. A little bit. <laughs> a big bit. Um, no, but but it's something I, I have thought about since I was about seven years old. And what drove me into sports journalism and to writing is why do we care so much? Because I, I couldn't conceal my emotions from Matt, and is a and I, I did preface it too. It was like a Thursday night game in the middle of the season, and I'm like visibly upset on a Friday morning. Like I, I don't get it, but and this is a question I've thought about Laura Lee for forty five years.
2: Get it because I, I live and breathe Alabama football in particular, but Alabama sports, and I always laugh and say my moods go up and down according to how Alabama's doing. And uh, yes, I mean it's when it's because you're invested in it. I grew up going to the games. I grew up right by this campus. I this is part of who I am I bleed crimson and I am invested good bad or ugly because I was here when it was ugly
3: <laughs> yeah no, it, no that, that is great I love that because some of the uh, richest uh, experiences I've had in my life with, with my late father all around Bengals football
1: That's well it. then that that is a large part yeah that's large part. part. It, it enriches you your life, though. It makes you feel better. And if something makes you feel better within reason, do it. Do it till so you're satisfied. Feels good. Do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's my it. motto. <laughs> do it. <so>. Um, and then <laughs> do I'm it insane, again. And,
5: and do it again. And, and,
1: and coaches, most notably, I spent a lot of time with Wim Sanderson, and um, he said, "Matt, that, that diagnosis—he hurt far more than the wins count. You know, it just." Losing hurts more than winning feels, you know? Yeah, and, and we also talked about this, Laura Lee. Like
3: If Alabama gets to a national championship game and loses, does that make you feel like, uh I wish they just would have been horrible this year, and I wouldn't become emotionally invested. No, you I'm you always, first?
2: yeah, I'm <laughs> always emotionally invested. And, you know, when I lived in New York and when I lived in Los Angeles, I would fly home for the games. And people were like, you're crazy. You're like
1: "It's on,
7: on TV. the
2: road all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's what I spent my money oh. on because I love Alabama football.
1: That's why I can't wait to watch the game with you tomorrow. I think that's just going to be an. hour. going to be awesome. At least
2: I will be yeah. a calm person. It, it, if, if it's
1: Alabama LSU a week ago, two weeks ago, you're a well, different we person. Well, we wouldn't
2: be communicating. <laughs> Laura
1: Lee, I love the <laughs> fact that I've I, I pondered this
3: question for 45 years, and you just distilled it more eloquently than I've ever. I, I've written over a million words in books trying to get at this question. She answer did it, it in
1: 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So I got there that you have it for me, Laura. The Bama Broker. Uh, Robbie Glenn joins us usually in person, but he can't. He had an appointment out of town, but uh, he is with us. Robbie, how are you today? Well, I
8: think we need to, someone needs to reach over there and give a hug to Lars or something.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean. He was unhuggable like this sorry. morning.
8: <laughs> I know. I talked to him. And it sounded like he was crying still. I was like, you okay, buddy? <laughs> like, oh, Whoa. yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, it hurts. Get one of the car bombs or a Guinness,
1: you'll be okay. You'll be (laughs)
3: okay. I think right now largely it's both. But uh, Robbie, let's put the question to you: just the nature of fandom, and and you're a a former Division One athlete, uh, played baseball at Alabama, played in the minors. Why do we care so much about the teams that we follow?
8: I, as an athlete, I mean, I just I love just the competitive of the sport and following it as, as just a fan, you get invested in it. I mean, you just, you feel like you're a part of them helping them win, helping them, so you feel the losses like they do. Um, it, it just, you, you just care about something and it it's good to, to care about something that's not work or anything else like that, you know, it's sports.
1: You've explained something to us uh, on air, I think, maybe earlier in the week and then again on the phone. But that's how what's going on in college football right now with just four teams is, you know, talk about the emotional and the fun part of sports. And explain that to our listeners.
8: Yeah, I mean, right now we've got the four-team playoff. You know, we're going to switch to the 12. If it was a 12 team this year... The excitement would not be happening right now that we're all talking about because all these 12 teams would be in. I mean, we'd be talking about maybe the 14th and 13th trying to get in, like Lars said. But right now we're watching – we're going to be watching Texas at Iowa State tomorrow, you know, Washington Oregon State. You know, games we normally wouldn't follow just to see if there's a loss in there and see who's going to slip in if Bama can kind of move up. Uh it's exciting. Uh, these next two, really three weeks, because everyone's got a championship plus their rivals next week. They're, this is f- fun football to watch to see who slips up and who moves up and who can keep winning. So I'm invested in. I'm gonna be watching every almost every game on the TV.
2: Well, I generally watch them um, anyway. I'll be racing home to watch the Georgia Tennessee game.
1: Which Tennessee should win? Oh,
2: I, I've
8: got. But that's the game that Missouri. we would always watch. I've got,
2: Yes, yeah, I would yeah. watch it anyway. But yeah,
1: but, I, but Oregon State and, um.
2: Well, see, so I would watch whatever the good games yeah. are because I'm a college football Let's junkie. face
1: it. Let's face it. And this is very true. And we should all be thankful today. And I'm, I'm not talking that, you know, with tongue in cheek here. We should all be thankful for what the PAC- Pac-12 brought to the table this year.
2: Well, yeah, you know? If they keep us out of the playoffs, I'm not going to be thanking them. Then you're not Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I agree with, uh, Robbie about the excitement and, the, but, you know, with the 12 teams, no, we wouldn't be on the edge of our seats wondering if Alabama's yeah. going to get in. But I, what excites me about that is the opportunity for the first time in, in a long time that I can remember those top eight teams are all really good, and if we had an eight-team playoff, those eight teams would
1: be fun to watch all right let's ask that question when we get oh, back. Was- who who might be the weakest link in that eight robbie we got to run here come see us at free. we will all be right. here good. we'll be here uh two weeks okay maybe two weeks i don't Sounds know good that. we'll see you thanks robbie thanks, <laughs> all, right, buddy. all right bye y'all um i right, the top eight who would you write one alabama to play uh we'll discuss that plus um i've talked about it nick saban has talked about it Maybe the only thing we really have in common. But being a grandparent is a significant life-changing moment, and you never realize it until it happens. And it has happened to one person that I never, ever thought I would say the words I'll repeat after this break.
3: Financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama broker, who's as roll tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205 790 7229. Again, that's 205 790 7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at the Bama That's Laura Lee at the
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky becoming mostly cloudy this afternoon, the high today 69. Cloudy tonight, the chance of a few passing rain showers below 54. Tomorrow becoming mostly sunny, the high 67. And Sunday, a sunny day with a high at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide
4: 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
1: I think you may hear it in the background, there Children running around here. And I mean running. There's a couple of young men that are just tearing it up over there. <laughs> Looks <laughs> like tearing. about a three-year-old man. Yep. He's uh, He's doing laps and he's having fun. So you got an Alabama down. shirt on. It's all good. Um, I had three children and now I have three grandchildren. I'm going to share something with you real quick because I think it's true. And then I was amazed by it. I think, and he's he's admitted. And Nick, it changed Nick Saban being a grandparent, and it, it changed me. I mean, it's it's totally different. But it changed one national celebrity that has just absolutely overwhelmed me. Did y'all read that Snoop is giving up smoke?
2: No. No.
1: Uh, he, he put it out there. He said, and, wow. and when asked about it, he said, I'm a grandfather now. It's a little different. Wow, well, I, I love see that. If
2: he sticks with it.
1: But here's what I thought immediately when I read that I'm giving up smoke. Does that mean you give up gummies? Not that I would know anything well, about I those things, but.
2: It. I mean, it's all the same. So if he's giving it up, then. Yeah, you no. Know. what's
1: the world to do without a stone snoop snooped off i know right laura lee speaking
3: of becoming a grandparent um what have you seen different out of nick saban this year just in his comportment how he carries himself uh and in, 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 and again you are the incoming president of the red elephant club you deal with the university a lot you have uh, had a front row seat to Nick Saban his entire career. Is there anything different? And from what you see, is it is the national narrative? What you read align with what you see personally?
2: No, it has. It is never aligned with what we actually see here in Tuscaloosa and what we know that he does. For, uh, the university, for, uh, the city of Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's just not a well-known fact about his habitat houses and yeah. building those houses for, uh, the championships.
3: The saving center, right? Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah.
2: Well, the Saban center. That's a lot. But what he does as far as community service within and giving money to the university and just, I mean, there is a long list of things that uh, the rest of the world, does, they don't see. And one of the things is, is the man is funny. I mean, he is so funny. And uh obviously, everybody sees... How insightful he is, how he's always teaching, how he's, you know, on TV. He continues to coach even in blowouts or close to the ends of the games and stuff. But what I have seen differently from him this year is that he smiles more. And I like that. And at the beginning of the season, when you would see him smiling all the time, it was like he knew something that the rest of us didn't know. Yeah. And we thought, oh, well, it's the product he's about to put on the field, which we didn't see, but now we're seeing.
3: It was a canary swallowing smile.
2: Right. Kind of <laughs> like the one after I'm the... Uh, oh, what am I trying to say? The onside kick hey, Clemson, Clemson yeah. and that smile yep. and He's back.
3: like, I got you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so he seems to be a lot more easy going, but then all of us Bama fans breathed a sigh of relief when he started chewing the players out on the sideline. We're like, that's our coach, you know, but, uh, yeah. So I like. The fact that he... It's- seems to little, be a little bit more loose and easy going
3: with the players. Matt is not distracted by a shiny object. He's distracted by
1: two-year-old kids. Hey, roll tie, little man, roll <laughs> <laughs> He is all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Probably not. So, Matt, what have you seen different out of Coach Saving this you year? You know, there are a couple of things, and I, we've talked about them, but briefly. I, I want to go a little bit deeper on it. But setting mouse traps around the football complex... That's funny. That's funny. Right. That's a what point. I'm talking it makes a about. Point though, and I don't know. He may have been doing that for 15 years. The cuss jar that it. we talked about yesterday. And that's the other Chris one is my second yeah. part. Is the cu- the swear jar? And then I think I read this morning where he said he thinks he's going to have to borrow some money from Mr. Terry to pay it. But we're hearing about it, and again, that may have happened, you know, a decade ago. But the fact that we're now knowing about it shows Sabin's peeling back a little bit of his own. Under. When's the last time Nick Sabin paid a bill? Uh, uh, he's got it on all Miss
2: Terry. I'm sure he has people.
1: <laughs> you think no, his Ms. people have people? You think Miss Perry she yeah. wields the credit the the debit the debit card? What do you think their top end is? <laughs> so, that? can I, I? I have a confession to make here. Well, Maybe. if you're going to make confessions, I guess seven uh, minutes we before have, the show's over yeah, is a good time well, to do it. So. Uh,
3: I don't know if I told the story of losing my wallet, but anyway, I uh, brought out a check the other day at a uh, bar, and two of my friends who are in their 30s, they doubled over in laughter and called no. me a boomer. <laughs> You're not. Because they, they've boomer. like never seen anybody write a check before, but I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have access to my
1: cash. I mean, what are you supposed to do? See if they'll take a check. a lot of people don't check <laughs> now. They, 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 well, when they were, were
2: in college. We wrote checks to the
1: booth. <laughs> Do you remember? I yes. wrote checks to uh, what was the corner right over there by Tutwiler? There was that little bitty convenience store. Oh, the corner. The corner. I wrote. To, I wrote checks to the corner for a dollar ninety-eight. Yeah. Have you guys been
3: in line at Publix when you're behind Grandma who's writing the check?
2: Well, and I and the <laughs> same. It it might be I have, checks, I have money. You know, it's...
1: We write checks for anything.
2: Right. Now, I don't write a lot of checks. Uh, my husband literally, and I make fun of him, writes checks every Sunday. He is in his office doing bills and writing and, checks. And I'm like, dude, all you have to do is go online.
4: Oh,
3: no. Yeah. <laughs> Now, just my my buddy my buddy example. Andres Andres who listens to this
1: show he was just like Venmo Venmo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like,
3: see, well, but
1: I have a Venmo account with money in it. And I'm not sure I could get to it. I don't well, even I know. Wow. I had
2: to Venmo for my dad this week. He called me from Aspen. And he was like, I'm, I'm buying this, this Christmas thing and from an individual, and she needs the money. So.
3: I'm telling you, it was, though, it was one of those frozen in time moments that I'll never forget. That is like a, a line of demarcation. You're of, right. I just got
1: old. You just got old. I just got old. Oh. Because I pulled out a check. Yeah. I don't know that my children even have checking accounts. I mean, I guess you do if you have a debit card. but
2: Some people don't. And I still use I don't checks. understand. I mean, I, in real estate, and I'm like, okay, what do you mean you don't have a checking account? I mean, you know, come on.
3: There's a $500,000 money exchange do people write checks for that
2: no at I the closing just... table you bring a cashier's check but that cashier's check is from your bank account oh, at your
3: bank <laughs>
2: so um, I'm like okay you know I don't understand not having a bank account and having at least a checkbook but Checking they don't they, they don't write checks they they really don't write checks <laughs>
3: One of the books I I wrote. I have cash uh, in my pocket. uh, C.C. Pyle was one of the famous first promoters, and he promoted Red Grange, and I wrote about him in my book, uh, The First Star. But C.C. stood for cash and carry.
5: Does does anybody know what that
1: means anymore? I remember when I was a little kid, it would be like my dad would go to a wholesale for a lumberyard or something like that. It was cash and carry. C.C. Pyle. Look it up. All right. Thank you, Lorley. I'll see all y'all in the morning, including Audio Bob. Thank you, and uh, thank you to Noah Haynes as well, producing Big Noon Sports. Come by and see us. Or come by all weekend at Ennis Free, the Irish Pub, the Birmingham
6: Racecourse Casino.